I'm Coulter DeVries, owner of Ranch Investor Advisory and Brokerage Services. I'm an accredited land consultant with the Realtor Land Institute and proud member of ASFMRA. The Ranch Investor Podcast is the most downloaded and informative industry-specific content that intrigues while entertains. Welcome everyone to the Ranch Investor Podcast. I am very excited for this episode. I think we have a first. Um, I'll let Chris Raleigh with Harvest Returns tell us what that first might be. He has Jesse Nelson here from Southern Idaho, the American Beef Ranch. And I want to say, Chris, that this was the first crowdfunded ranch debt I've ever seen. And Jesse, that's pretty excited for a, for a cowboy like yourself sitting in the truck right now. It looks, looks like it might be snowy in the background. It, and here you Definitely. are out in the past year working and crowdfunding potentially the world's first uh, ranch debt instrument. Yeah, it's uh, hey, hey, y'all. Um, it, it's actually not the first. We've done a, a few before. Jesse is is one of the first and uh, definitely not the last. But um, we're really excited that, to be working with uh, Jesse and American Beef Ranch. Um, Harvest Currents, for, for those of y'all that don't know, we're a platform, essentially an equity crowdfunding platform. And I say equity because the investments into our into our entities are equity, but then we d- we decide to either working with a rancher, we decide to either lend that uh, capital that we raise with our investors or to actually purchase an equity stake in a ranch. And we've done both with um, ranches, uh, cattle and sheep. We've done equity and we've done debt um, for, for, I think, I'll let Jesse talk about his situation, but for his situation, it just worked out better to do a, a debt and um, what what they've got going on there. I think it, I think it worked pretty well. Yeah, Jesse, let's hear a little more about that. Is it is it operating line of credit? Uh, what are the what's the collateral? Is it operating assets or is it land? That's aren't those very different uh, lending regulations, Chris? But Jesse, let's hear hear what worked for you and why it worked. So I'm in a situation where I purchased the property from my grandparents. And so in doing that, they were the bank for me because of certain reasons, large amounts of money, you know, just coming out of being young and and not really having a financial background. And then also I I don't have much help. Like my grandma and grandpa were the bank, but that's kind of where the help stops. Like the land was pretty much paid off. So they were the bank and basically what the raise did from harvest returns it allowed me to pay off the land from grandma and grandpa let them retire they're 80 years old they can go travel and see and do but also it helped me kind of grow back into the beef side of things uh grandpa produced grass-fed and finished beef direct to consumer for 15 years and when we kind of took over and purchased the property we kind of went away from that because we just we needed to improve and make sure that we were profitable so we operated as a hay operation for the latter half of 21 and then this entire year and being profitable doing so and then now we're able to now that we're kind of stable and set up and know that we can be profitable we're going back into the cattle and so harvest returns is helping with both of those so basically they're the bank now they're going to have a mortgage they'll own the mortgage on the property and then i will pay them for the land and i think correct me if i'm wrong gentlemen but jesse you were so popular. People liked your offering so much. I believe you were oversubscribed, weren't you? That you raised more than the minimum required that you needed. 
yes, that we have reached our minimum, uh, haven't reached our maximum, but we did reach our minimum, making sure that we do take care of that land purchase and uh, any of the fees that may be associated with the race. Well, there's no maximum. I mean, in Southern yeah. Idaho, why not go buy a couple pivots if you can get it? You know, just keep that funding button alive, Chris. Just keep it open. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd love to raise uh, as much money as we can for Jesse. But, you know, this it, it's interesting. His uh, his deal did pretty well, all things considered, uh, with, the, with what's going on in the economy right now. Um, we have noticed somewhat of a slowdown in our investors just in the, in the last three or four months. And so the fact that his did really well um, is good news. Um, our Our investors like... They like cattle. You know, you hear a lot in kind of the, the the people that we work with, some of the the ag investment spectrum. It's a big, it's a big, you know, spectrum of people from family offices that go out and buy, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of, of ranch land or timberland or 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 row crop farmland to venture capitalists. And we kind of talk to the whole gamut of them. And on on the VC side, y'all, you know, I know y'all have heard it. That the whole plant based food movement, um, everybody wants their fake meat. Well, our investors want to invest in in ranchers that are producing cattle and sheep and ruminant animals and, and and that sort of thing. So we're we're pretty excited about that. Helping helping ranchers keep you know that tradition going and, and producing good quality food for us to eat and feed our children with. No, uh, no lab-grown meat coming from uh, Harvest Returns. No offering that, soon. That is one I absolutely will not entertain. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I call it Franken meat. It's. Uh, I, I think the cake. You know, there's still a lot of people. I was reading articles just today on it. There's still a lot of people putting tens and hundreds of millions of dollars in these cultured meat companies. I just don't see it happening. I, I, I think they're discounting the. You know how what what it's going to take from the input costs to to produce. You know it's already like thirty dollars a pound or something is what they've got. You know it's the lowest for, and they can only grow like a couple of ounces of, of meat at a time. And I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really believe it's scalable, and I, I definitely don't believe that the, the consumers out there really want it. I mean, maybe a really small piece of consumer, um, but even plant based foods. Same things happening with that. With you know Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger. Those guys raised billions of dollars, and now they can't get that stuff to move off the freezer shelves. Yeah, kudos, kudos to Beyond Meat. Their stock looks like FTX stock right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesse, yes, how did you hear of Harvest Returns? And I mean, how do you even find this crowdfunding platform in Texas? And how did you pitch them? How long did it take for Chris to vet you and your deal? And then how long did it take to, to raise the money? Um, so the first question, finding them, right? I, I, like I said, I'm in this situation where it's kind of unique trying to raise, you know, grass-fed, organic, regenerative beef or grass-fed and finished and then lamb. And I'm trying to grow my acres and do all that stuff, but do it from a guy that it's just me and my wife. I have a little daughter. I don't have any financial backers. I don't have huge credit lines at the bank and I don't have any direct family members that can, you know, co-sign or help me with that. And I was like, well, the next best thing, if a bank can't help me, I guess to start looking for investors. And I just started like doing Google searches of agriculture investments, what's been popular. And, and I came across Harvest Returns, got on their website, you know, 
kind of did some vetting, figured out that it wasn't a scam because there seems to be a lot of those. Sounds too uh, good to be true. Yeah, yeah, those kind of things. Figured out that it wasn't a scam, and then they just had a contact, you know, a simple contact on their website, filled it out. I got an email back, I don't know, a couple days, maybe later, and they just asked for some basic, you know, investor pitch documents, like business plans and things like that, and kind of and, and asked about what I wanted to do, how much money I was looking to raise, and, and I'd say they kind Unlimited. of decided... Yeah. Yeah. I, they kind of decided after a couple of weeks, okay, maybe we should pursue him. And then I built them a business plan. And, uh, I, I asked Chris, you, you can ask him, I asked Chris, I'm like, so my business plan was better than other people. Or is that why I'm able to do this? You know, cause I, I wasn't expecting anything. I, I thought I was just going to keep fighting to try to find money somewhere else or somebody eventually would come off the street and help. But then, you know, I, I asked and they're like, no, your business plan is good. Like this is solid, fundamental, foundational, financial. I mean, you've laid it all out. You've got it. Uh, we're really excited about this. And then we went into something Harvest Return calls uh, due diligence. So just, you know, making sure American Beef French LLC is a real thing in a real place that has real property is able to do those things that I say in the business plan. Uh, and then moving forward into how the raise was going to be set up, whether I wanted an equity or a debt style of funding, uh, we chose debt for specific reasons. Uh, and then moving into, uh, okay, how do we, it's, since it's a debt, how do we collateralize it? What is the money going to be used for? Um, and then finally saying, okay, yeah, we're, we're going to do this and then making the raise go live. And I would say the whole process, it took probably six months. And I think I could have helped speed that along. There were times in the middle of the summer where I was making hay and running around and I, I didn't get things back as quickly as I could have. But uh, I think I think the whole process about six months from the time we started, it, it would make sense about the first of July till middle of December that we're going to or end of December that we're going to have money being funded. Took six months, but. Uh, with when Chris turned on the invest now button, that only mm -hmm. took a few weeks, didn't it? To actually, yeah, find it's only been open. What, how long, Chris? Yeah, we that was about three weeks. We we do three weeks is really what we do our raises, you know, what we shoot to do our raises, and occasionally we'll go longer. Sometimes, if we, we know it's going to be really high demand, we'll go shorter. Um, but three weeks is about the average, and then you know, the way we clear funds uh once the race is closed it'll be about a week and a half before jesse and his family get a check so it's it's pretty pretty quick got it kind of a streamlined process in place now chris it sounds like jesse had a solid business plan which to me that's going to eliminate your cowboys looking for sugar daddies i mean i have a 14 year old horse a 1993 flatbed Chevy. I've got four used saddles as collateral. And I I could probably make a $10 million ranch in Beaverhead County work, Beaverhead County, Montana. Um, there's my business plan and collateral, Chris. Is, what is are you looking for guys like me? You know, I, I'd be more worried, Coulter, if you told me you had a, a 2022 flatbed, you know, a brand <laughs> <Yeah>. new. Um <laughs> You know, we 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 like people that are scrappy, that know what they're doing, that have been in a business, or you know, either. I mean, y'all are both young compared to compared to me, but um, you've got the background. You know, I know Jesse's got multiple generations on on that 
piece of land and he's, you know, grew up ranching it. So for our spot, the sponsors, the kind of sponsors we look like are exactly what, what Jesse and ABR were, were doing. It's a, you know, okay. He, they know what they're doing. They're not just like, Oh, I just came in from California and I want to start a ranch and I saw some Yellowstone episodes and it looks fun. No, we, we want to see, um, you know, a, a background and the experience and the knowledge in the agronomy side of things or the, you know, the production side of things, but also, you know, there's gotta be a story in, in we were, you know, ABR story was appealing to us and their business plan was appealing because it's not just like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do stocker operation. That's it. And, and what else, you know, or I'm going to, you know, Jesse's got a, a, a multiple faceted sort of business plan where he's got, um, you know, he's got a, an input business, a hay business. He's he's doing fertilizer. He's got all kinds of organic fertilizer. And we also, you know, our investors tend to like the regenerative um, side of things. And and to be able to, you know, tell that story is, is important. You know, that there's ranching is a big space and I support it all. But, you know, the regenerative side is 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 interesting to our investors. Now, you uh you have investments in other areas of agriculture. I think even technology, maybe, Chris. How do you how do you find the right candidate? This due diligence that Jesse speaks of. I think, Chris, you might have vineyards in Texas, um, maybe some exposure to cattle proteins and and uh, technology. So we have a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, the first sort of we probably get you know. 30 or so people that come to us for funding a month. And of, of the people that come to us for funding, only about 3% actually make it on a platform. So say of those 30, maybe one or, or two are going to make it on a platform in any given month. Um, once you decide to, to work with it, or we decide, you know, kind of make a mutual agreement to work together, there's a there's a 70% shot that you're actually going to get through due diligence and get funded. You know, part of our due diligence is the our investor pool because we've had deals that we thought were awesome. You know, we did the background, we ran the financials, we all those sorts of things, and then we put them up in front of investors and they flopped. Um, and that's because we have some really smart investors that that they know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about. And some of them are in the the ag business themselves. Some of them just like it from an investment standpoint. And they will vote for, with their dollars. So when they do, it's it's a you know it's a good win win for our sponsors. I know a young guy like Jesse who's trying to grow an operation. He has an opportunity, the family land. Uh, he has the experience in the market. <clears throat> that is a huge opportunity. He's already developed a market for his grass fed beef and lamb. Finished beef and lamb, but quite often they don't meet traditional banking standards. Mm -hmm. And Jesse, what was your experience with, with uh, shopping this out to traditional banks? Uh, one, uh, so one thing is like personally, right? I have personal, like I, I went to school, I have student loans, things like that. Personally, they didn't see me as a viable person in that sense because I just, I don't have a history of, or any proof of paying off something or getting started in doing something, but typically in anything that is outside of your typical commercial, what have you, cattle business or farm, uh, the banking industry does just kind of looks at you like, um, 
<laughs> you're crazy almost. I, I don't want to mean it like that, but almost looks at you like, sorry, no, we can't help you. That doesn't even fall into our, you know, realm of dealings. And I feel like the banks are almost 10 years behind what's like in 10 years, I probably could go get funding for it from a bank, a regular old bank. But uh, also the term, right? Grass fed and finished beef takes that extra year on them cattle, you know, 20 to 24 months at, to be butcherable. Uh, that also, the bank doesn't like that. They don't want to wait. And and that's where being in an investor spectrum or, or in the channels with harvest returns, I had a little more flexibility and that's why it was easier to go that route. Well, let's, let's back up. Chris, when did harvest returns start? What is it? What do you do? Why do you do it? Who are you? Who are, who's this team that Cami that's been emailing me? Um, what the heck is harvest returns? Yeah. So, um, we started in 2016. That's, that's the first answer. Um, my background, I'm not a, I'm not really an ag guy. I'm not a farm guy. I didn't grow up ranching. Uh, my co-founder Austin Manas, he grew up, you know, hitting in fence post and working on his family farms uh, in Georgia and other parts of the Southeast United States. So he's got a little bit more of that ag background. Um, we both have uh, military backgrounds. So I've uh, recently retired after 30 years active in, in reserve in the, the Navy. Austin was an army 10 uh, year combat veteran. So we, we, we traveled a lot throughout the world and, you know, we've known each other for, for quite some time. And we kind of had this idea and decided, like, let's make a go of it. So Austin just finished his graduate school, moved down to Fort Worth. We didn't really know what we were doing. Um, the first year we kind of spent, you know, sitting across from one another with on a, with a coffee table and a napkin and some sketches and then making some phone calls and, and start, you know, going to sh you know, producer shows and learning the business a little bit and talking to people that really knew what they're doing and and learning all the regulatory side of things because we're you know equity crowdfunding was pretty it's still pretty new um it was very new back in 2016 we were the only people when we started we were the only platform out there doing it now there's a few others that kind of have their niches our niche is a little, little different you know, there's farmland investments that's kind of pure row crops which is like the one kind of ag we don't touch for various reasons um you know if you want to go out and get a loan on your thousand acres of, of of Midwest corn, soy, bean farm. It's pretty easy because that's the entire ag credit system is set up to fund exactly those kind of farmers. And if you're doing something a little bit out of the ordinary, like like Jesse's doing, which I say out of the ordinary, but to me it should be more and more normal. And you're ranching and and there's not a lot of good sources. And if you're you know if you're a new younger farmer. And we've, we funded other folks that are, you know, in their 20s and 30s. And and we, you know, we take on a risk and our investors take on the risk and they they know what they're getting into. And we've, we've tried to get better and better at structuring these deals and, and assessing the risk. But uh, we've been, yeah, since 2016, really our first raise was 2017. We raised about $30 million, um, all different kinds of things. You mentioned, you know, we've done some wineries, we've done a lot of cattle, we've done some sheep. We've done some really niche things like a mushroom farm. We did a mushroom farm in New York. Um, we've done some urban sort of vertical farms, hydroponics, things like that. Uh, and then we've done some technology the past year and a half. Um, one company in, that's done pretty well for us, a company based here in Dallas called Precision Livestock Technologies. They've got like 
the systems that they put into feedlots and it essentially looks at the animals and you know uses machine learning and artificial intelligence and all these things to basically be like the feedlot manager and say hey that cow over there he's too skinny or these cows on you know they need to be fed more or they're you know they're this one looks sick because he's walking funny and 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 it takes save some of the labor so that that's been a really successful company we've done other sort of ag tech sensors that go into the ground and and things like that so it's our investors are you know some of them like that sort of techie side some of them like what abr is doing and it's nice we've got a pool of about twelve thousand investors so we try to put something out that everybody likes all right chris i am xi jinping the supreme leader of the ccp the chinese communist party I would like to invest two, maybe four billion into American farmland. Are you going to take my money? We actually will not. No, There's, <laughs> we, we've got some some regulations, and not just regulations, but also some some moral. Um, you know, Austin and I, we're we're pretty you know patriotic in the way we try to do things and have high level of integrity, and, and not a big not a big fan of the CCP. Well, I'm going to go around you, Jesse. You want to buy yes. you want to buy 20 pivots in southern Idaho? I got the money. I'm Xi Jinping with the CCP. <laughs> you know, I on several spectrums, I have very large issues with that uh, certain place over there in the far east. So I will not be taking their money. Would you say that Chris is the right partner that Harvest returns that this is not just a traditional banking relationship that I'm guessing Chris is going to help I mean, he's got some connections. He's going to help you along the way and suggest you reach out to this distributor, this market, and hey, when you're done, uh, when you're done with this seven hundred thousand, let's gear you up for two or three million. Jesse, is is Chris and Harvest Returns the partner you were looking for? Uh, definitely. They first off, just the people there are wonderful to work with. They respond quickly. Uh, I had great relationships with several people. Um, I'm still not the most business savvy guy. I am still a rancher. I grew up on a ranch and farmed. So some of those things, some of those uh, documents that needed to be presented to them, uh, they definitely helped push me in the right direction. And then just, uh, you know, answering questions that investors may have, you know, Chris, one time I answered a question and he quick replied back, hey, that's a great answer. Those are the answers that people are looking for kind of deal. Uh, there really are a solid partner to have in my corner. And even before this raise even started, even before we opened it, we'd already talked about in the future coming back and doing different rounds for different things because not only do I have the ranch, but I have the farm and I also have the fertilizer side too. So I, you know, not only is am I diverse, but uh, they also want to be a part of those. Or, and, and I would enjoy the opportunity to work with Harvest Returns in the future. Well, I I caught one of your webinars, the the pitch of putting this out there, bringing in investors to inform them on what, what they were looking at. And you did a great job. At the end of the day, you have to be your own best advocate. And I felt like Jesse got on and did a really good job of selling who they were, what they were about and why they are doing it. Um, you mentioned the complexities. You're not you're not the bean counter, Jesse uh chris how how difficult is it to navigate the regulations for crowdfunding and then 
I mean, do you fall within traditional banking uh, Dodd-Frank regulations since you're doing debt instruments? I mean, no, that sounds like a lot of shit to navigate, Chris. <laughs> the, the security side was at first and we're pretty good on that. We do. Yeah, there's different flavors of crowdfunding. Um, you know, pure crowdfunding is like you can invest a hundred bucks and there's, you know, but those are what's called title three or regulation crowdfunding reg CF. Um, we're not that we're a regulation D. So the people that we work with are, are, are sophisticated or, or high net worth investors for the most part, they're writing checks anywhere between 10,000 and half a million dollars on some of these deals. And they, so that side of things is easy that the, we honestly, we don't make enough loans in any given state to really fall under the banking regulations. I suppose if we did like 20 um, ABRs, especially in Idaho or, you know, a given state, we we have to start worrying about that, but we're not, you know, we're, we're so broadly diversified that we're, we're really not, you know, running against any of those. Let's, uh, for our listeners, going back to that webinar where Jesse did a great job of, of selling it. Jesse, sources and uses of funds again. Can you can you tell us um, what the seven hundred was used for one more time? You broke that out nicely on the pitch. Uh, yeah, basically, uh, three hundred fifty eight thousand is to pay off the the land uh, from grandma and grandpa. You had uh, a purchase agreement with grandma and grandpa. Okay. Yep, they were the they were the bank. They they hold the mortgage, you know, and so they have the first lien on the property. Obviously, we have to use the property to secure the debt loan. So they would be the first ones to get paid off. Harvest returns would then have that mortgage and have the first lien on the property. Uh, the next chunk up to that right at four hundred thousand, depending on where the raise finishes, I don't know yet, uh, is going to be uh, harvest returns fees. And I mean, they got to make money too, right? And then we have about three hundred thousand left. 200,000 of that is to mostly go into cattle and sheep uh, just so we can get to operating capacity as soon as possible. Uh, those include bred animals and animals that would also fall, fall into my organic certifications so that that would be butcherable in the future. And then from there, about 50,000 for simple improvements, uh, a small set of working corrals, uh, I went to school or I have a welding degree from junior college. My brother builds fence in Montana, lives in Whitehall. So him and I can knock that part out pretty quick uh, with not too much hassle other than buying the uh, materials and then 50,000 for operating. Uh, just, you know, right off the top of my head, it takes about 20,000 a year to pay for the power and the water rights to run the pivot irrigation systems on our place for the 200 acres. So part of that and then you know fuel for tractor uh, making hay things like that breakdowns so that's the basic breakdown of the 700. well it sounds like uh you have a very good plan put together and and you like chris said you're your niche but uh we'd like to see that maybe move out of niche and ma mainstream you become more more popular chris what are you looking for specifically uh when you when you go to market another project um you might get some calls from this podcast uh probably not the guy who has 30 silk neckerchiefs and wants to buy <laughs> the 10 million dollar ranch in southwest montana uh you might you're probably going to get something more realistic uh but what what are you receptive to chris what's your ask of my audience uh what kind of inbound 
requests or inbound questions are you wanting? Yeah, I mean, we want, as I kind of said earlier, we want people that have a firm sense of their brand. And and I'm a brand, I'm a marketing guy. And, and I felt like, yeah, one of the problems with the cattle business is, is commoditized cattle, as you all know very well, there, there's not a lot of margin there. Um, there's just not. So you're selling direct consumer, whether that's online or via a farmer's market or whatever, you know, whatever method you're doing, you're going to have a higher margin. Um, people that are serious about their brands, we, we think is important. Um, the numbers, Jesse downplayed his financial experience, but the, the plan that we got and the plan we reviewed was was pretty good. Um, I'm fortunate that on our team, we've got a really solid due diligence team led by a guy named Peter Lee, who has like decades of experience in oil and gas and private equity that we can take. And my background is, is before I was in this was I did, I did some commercial real estate and real estate investment. So we take some of those skills and we apply it to agriculture, um, to, to put these deals together and, and make it attractive to the investors. So we, we've got a, a pretty good understanding what the investors like, but if a sponsor comes to us, Definitely, as as Jesse just wrote out, like this is how much money I need, and this is what I'm going to do with it. If you can't tell me that, then I'm probably not even going to get past the first phone call. When you uh, you didn't say what you're not, Chris, and I would assume you are not the lender of last resort. Yeah, I mean, we we definitely have have you know people do not pass our due diligence for various reasons, either the the team has something kind of squirrely in their background with you know bad debt or tax liens or things like that um that that does come up occasionally um sometimes we just can't pencil the the deal to make it attractive the returns are too low um as the economy moves along you know interest rates go up interest rates were down for a long 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 time so now we're in a different environment so people are looking for higher yields especially on debt um so if you come to us and say, "Hey, I'm going to raise cattle. I'm going to get you a three percent return," I'm going to be like, "Sorry, bro, we can't. We can't help you there." Um, so no, there's no uh, no sub market returns. You're not going to give me any uh, sweetheart deal. Like I can, you know, you can hook me up with a three and a half percent loan, or or I can just pitch you a equity deal for a three percent IRR over fifteen years. That doesn't cut it. No, that that's generally not gonna not gonna work. Um, you know, on the equity side, it's a little different different deal. We we worked with a guy, um, Kevin Muno. He's out in California, but he, I think he's also got some operations now in Montana. He's uh, you know really into regenerative stuff. We did an equity investment with him, and we're, we're hopefully going to exit that soon and then do something else with him. Um, so we, we we do, and he he runs on lease land, so it's a little on federal land as lease, so it's a little bit different type of operation. But that's you know, I think that's part of the attraction to us is like, hey, well, I don't really care what your business model is. Just show me it can work. And you're the you're the person that can make it work. And then we'll talk to you. Well, talking about investor motivations, I mean, I can go get a seven and a half percent return anywhere I want right now. Um, mm -hmm. I, if I invested with Harvest Returns, would I be able to go out and spend spend an afternoon with jesse and see his operation and kick the dirt and you know maybe get this altruistic sense of satisfaction that hey i lent this guy some money and i really like him as a person i like where it's going i got to go see the sheep 
and I even bought some grass finished lamb. Like, is there is there more reasons to your investors than just return? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the money and the, the the way the deals are structured, I think, is attractive. Some of the cash flow is attractive and it is different, you know. Um, but yeah, to go out and visit the ranch, to get to know the, the rancher, either by, you know, watching his webinar and then potentially buying his product. And we we push our, our folks products, our sponsors products like we just did a whole bunch this afternoon. Um, you can go buy some elderberry from our elderberry farm or some uh what else some beef tallow one of our one of our guys they've got like this beef tallow collection they started um of like skincare products so there's we we push them and then like you know any connections we can make uh on subsequent funding rounds and then on the ag tech side you know we're building sort of relationships with vcs for subsequent funding rounds most of the early stage tech companies that come to us were likely their first round they may have done like a, a friends and family sort of uh, round, but we're likely their first kind of seed round. And then they'll, the next step after us will probably be some sort of venture capital or institution. So it's, it's, it's all those things is people, people want to be connected to their food, you know, more and more, they want to know where it comes from. They want to know who produces it, how it's produced, that they feel safe about it, that they feel good about, you know, supporting a, a farm family. And, you know, that's, that's what motivates us. Um, just, watching these ranchers kind of build their dreams out with you know all we did was like post a webinar and put some money together you know that sort of thing but then to be able to watch these ranchers grow and grow their their operation is, is really rewarding for us all, all you did is navigate red tape for eight years to help them out yeah basically yeah uh, so talking about marketing jesse i thought you'd mentioned that your wife was the guru and uh, let's get a plug in for American Beef Ranch. Are you are you doing direct to consumer, or do you have an outlet like a five star Michelin chef in San Francisco? Or how can people find American Beef Ranch? Uh, what's your online presence, and where are you selling? What is that? What is that marketing branding that Chris is uh, a believer in? So, uh, like I said, Grandpa has scaled down and retired and he still sold here locally just you know probably 25 head a year local here in the area as we came on uh we were able to certify the place organic start building you know regeneratively and go into those platforms but when we did that when we bought into the place we also out of pocket bought out five different family members cows uh, and then in doing so and having to do everything out of pocket because we weren't able to go to a bank to make some upgrades, uh, the cows had to pay for some of those upgrades. So we are really scaled down on the cattle right now and the sheep, the sheep have completely gone away currently. But what Harvest Returns is allowing us to do is to go back into the cattle. So basically, like I said, we made the place profitable, made it, made the upgrades we needed to, to make it profitable. Now we're already a profitable hay operation. And will continue to be a profitable hay operation but then we're able to bring those animals back in uh lamb hopefully by the end of this next year 2023 we'll have that available and then the first of 24 we'll have beef available again for consumer sales uh word of mouth uh here in the local area selling meat uh i have contacts i'm a montana state bobcat also good for so, you yeah so i do have contacts in bozeman with a few people that we could push organic 
meat, our organic grass-fed and finished meat in that area as well. And then Lene does maintain connections with several hospitality groups from her uh, decade of work in Las Vegas. So we would be able to push into those entities as well in uh, certain restaurants and things like that. But online sales, I'm sure, are going to be our biggest seller. We will have a storefront here, but online sales are definitely going to be where most of the product is sold. Well, I wasn't far off. I mean, San Francisco isn't a lot different than Bozeman, California. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> well, gentlemen, I sure appreciate that. Um, Chris, what do, uh, what do we need to leave our listeners with going forward here? Um, Harvest Returns, what I heard from Jesse, Harvest Returns might be an incredible solution for buying out family members estate planning i know this happens every time you turn around some sibling gets screwed out of the ranch Mm -hmm. because the ranch is worth too much to keep operating to buy out the other two or three siblings it sounds like that's a huge opportunity for harvest returns to come in and back a sponsor like jesse uh buying out family members but you know, let's get some final plugs in. Where can people find Harvest Returns? Do they talk to you or are you too siloed? Do you have like three assistants that they have to work through first? And how does this process work? What 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 are you going to leave us with here, Chris? Sure. So, you know, the, the whole concept of, of keeping multi-generational ranchers, keeping the land in the, in the family, we love that. We want to see more of those. Um, that's That's been our goal all along. And it just happens that that... I think Jesse is probably the first that we've done with like where the actual land we've done multi-generational ranchers and farmers before, but they were doing something different on a new piece of land. So I think Jesse is the first where we're, we're keeping the land in the family. So we, we, we think that's important, but you know, find us harvestturns.com, Google us, whatever. Um, your first, a, I'll throw this out there, Chris at harvestreturns.com. Send me an email. Um, but we've got a form online and you, you can go in, there and fill out like i don't know five or six questions very basic stuff about your operation will at least give you you know minimal feedback on like hey this might work let's have a let's have a zoom we'll do a zoom just like this and we'll talk and um tell us about your operation if you have a uh, you have a plan you can send us that if you have your pitch deck whatever you got if you're not even if you're not a producer but you're somewhere in the chain like you want to start a a local um butchery or a local processing, mobile processing. We really want to get into the processing business because we know that there's a big demand for that. So if, if that's your business, come come talk to us too. I've got I've got a few referrals top of mind to send you already, Chris. Um, if you can, let's hang on after this call. I'd like to sure. run them by you. And how about you, Jesse, Lene? Are you two guys? Uh, are you you guys? Are you and Lene TikTok celebrities yet, or where do people find you? Um abfranch.com uh the, that's the easiest that'll have connections to the instagram and stuff uh tiktok you can find my wife it's where is lene her name <laughs> spelled l-i-n-n-e-a so where is lene you'll find her there and then uh we do have a youtube channel it's small and growing we're kind of getting into some of the you know talking about regenerative agriculture and things like that that's going to be a really hot topic in the next year and really going to have a lot of growth and so, especially on the fertilizer side of things, we're going to be talking about that more. And that's just American Beef Ranch on YouTube. Uh, the hashtag A logo, our logo is there in green, and you'll be able to find it that way. 
there should be a Facebook page too. I'm not on any of that stuff except for the YouTube. So I don't, I don't, that's cool, isn't it? Social media is just the bane of my existence. It's just, yeah, I wasn't, it wasn't doing anything and I just wasting too much time, but I love YouTube. I I'm, I'm a sucker for YouTube. Absolutely. And for, for any, uh, longtime listeners, first time callers out there, uh, they, they will understand that when I started this podcast two years ago, plus now I was shitting all over TikTok. Now I have a TikTok, (laughs) but now I think most of the States are going to remove TikTok from their, from, uh, allowing it. So, uh, whatever, it's okay. I, I, I'm like you, Jesse, I prefer YouTube. That's a, that's a enjoyable rabbit hole many for many evenings. Well, yes. Chris and Jesse, um, thanks for tuning in. I uh, I think what you're doing is going to make big waves and just keep snowballing on itself. And Jesse, I wish the best for you. I'd like to try some of this uh, grass-fed lamb when it when it's out. Yeah, I would definitely get you some. I mean, uh, it the grass-fed deal. You know, it's got a bad name for a long time about not being flavorful or tender or whatever have you. Uh, those problems are no longer a problem at American Beef Ranch. We've got that fixed and it is an awesome, awesome product. And in the end, it's just a better product. So that that's where we're at with that. I would like some grass fed uh, sausages for the MSU Bobcats tailgate. <laughs> you got to beat those jackrabbits first. Yeah, well, I mean, when it's ready, when you're out, let's meet, yeah. let's meet at a game and have a cookout and thank you guys. Um, feel free to reach out anytime. And if someone has any questions, please reach out to Jesse or Chris here and learn more. Thanks for tuning into the Ranch Investor Podcast. Click subscribe on your streaming platform so you know when the latest episode has dropped. Be the source of knowledge and the maven that other professionals are excited to refer to.